Hello, welcome back to Out of Our Heads, a pop culture podcast from the minds of Joe Bortner and Jedi Master Nick Protobapis. How are you today? Whoa. Is that uh is that your lightsaber lightsaber weapon? Yes. Your, your laser sword? Yes. I got I got one of those lightsabers that it's got two. It's got it's got two coming out of the end, except it's a nine Holy shit. instead of a line. I'm That's I'm cool. so impressed. I just have um I have this uh this vibro blade. Is that a real thing? I was playing Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic earlier today, which is a, a old Star Wars RPG. Um, and, and one of the first weapons you get is a vibroblade. Is, is that like not a lightsaber? I don't understand what a vibroblade is. I think it's just a sword. It just looks like a sword. Like a metal sword. It's just a sword. I think so. That's, let me let me look up the um the lore on the vibroblade. I know it does it does like one to twelve damage. Oh well, apparently okay. here's an image of it from Rebels where it looks like a dagger. Um. Okay. Well, I, my lightsaber is like a ninety degree angle, and it's also a boomerang. Oh, that that's very cool. Um, yeah. Don't they? Where do they do lightsaber boomerangs? That's they gotta they, happen, they right? Have the force, and they, they they use the force to boomerang it. Yeah. Um. You know something that's always um. You know, I've talked to you about this before, but uh, one of one of the ongoing mysteries in Star Wars is the mystery of bigger Luke. Uh, why is why is Luke occasionally two two inches or so, two centimeters really taller in in A New Hope? It's never explained. Um, yeah, I remember this. It's that. And you know what what um what the Last Jedi did was it did create something of an explanation for that, which is like it's possible that he was uh, somehow subconsciously force projecting himself to be to be slightly taller. I mean, yeah. The force can do anything, anything at all. Yeah, I mean, but but what um what the expanded universe would posit is that um, you know, there are there are Luke clones out there, and they just have like increasing numbers of U's in their names. <laughs> okay, that is not a joke. <laughs> That's, I just think it's funny. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a joke. Um, it's funny. And uh, what 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 I'm getting to here is that uh, I have a clone. And he's um, he's our biggest fan, and uh, he's he's on the call right now. I'm I'm pleased to introduce my twin brother and uh, supreme leader Ben Bortner. That's right. Whoa! I'm here. To, I'm here to um, uh, Jedi Master Nicholas Protopapis. I'm here to uh, convince you to join the dark side. Um, that's yep. right. I'm a clone of clone of Joe Bortner, just like Stoke was apparently a clone all along. Are we allowed to say that? Is this the the non spoiler section? Um, Everybody probably I, already knows, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think the assumption is that if you're listening to this podcast, then you uh, you know, you 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 get it. Okay, You've seen great. The movie. All right, cool. Anyway, I'm a clone of Joe. Um, I'm here to convince you to join the dark side, Nick. Um, here's how I'm going to do it. We have um lots of donuts. Um, you can have wait, pretty wait, much. Ben, Ben, Ben. Let me stop you right there. Yeah. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. already pretty convinced. Those lightsaber oh. ones you made were really, really good. Did mine sound oh, okay? Good? What did you say? Did mine sound remotely as good as yours? Well, I think mine probably sounded better because I'm on the dark side. Let me describe my lightsaber to you. It's one of those. Um, it's it's a big donut. Like it's basically just a circle <laughs> of light. You know. <laughs> and what I'm trying to con- <laughs> what I'm trying to convince you here is, um, you should join. The it's dark actually side. a wee wheel. Yeah, it, it's a wee wheel. Um. Which is how I control it, you know? Like, I put the Wii remote inside of it, which also sort of looks like a lightsaber handle. 
um, and then it creates a big a big circle of lightsaberness. Um, it's not at all practical, but it does remind you that the dark side has donuts. <laughs> Everybody else has a lightsaber know, except for me. It sounds pretty practical if you're trying to cut a hole, say, in a door, which happens often. You know when they're whoa, like, whoa, 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 Nick! I'm doing my bit. Everybody else has a lightsaber except for me. All my friends have lightsabers, right. but I don't. Do I have something serious to say? So, <laughs> Joe, maybe you should get off your ass and make your lightsaber already. Yeah, Joe, they're toys. You, you clear- can pick them up anywhere. <laughs> like I'm a clone. Of, like I am a clone of you. Like clearly, we both have force ability. So maybe, maybe you should shut the fuck yeah. up and yeah. just make a lightsaber already. Or stop or- complaining about it. You could just skip in time and not explain where you got a different lightsaber, and that's that. That would be it. Huh. I think if I had a lightsaber, I would hold it backwards, what? like Ahsoka. Ahsoka, okay. Ahsoka holds oh, also, that's how, I, that's how I hold my Wii wheel. Okay. It's backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Ahsoka has two lightsabers, and one of them... Wait, she hold both of them? Only in Rebels. She has two lightsabers in Rebels, right? No, also Clone Wars. She has like a dagger, like a yellow... Oh, she gets thing. one later, right? Yeah, when she goes with the little yeah. kid to the... To the chambers of getting a lightsaber yeah anyway i I know that because i was there um because i'm supreme leader ben bordner um i was there when when ahsoka had two lightsabers just like you were jedi master nick right yeah i don't know yeah i guess well what i was saying was that a circle lightsaber would be good for all those scenes where they're slowly cutting a hole in the door which happens so often Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like I can just push it in. Yeah, you can just psh, and it would go. Yeah, it's pretty useful. Yeah. 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 I'd say so. Or like Jedi hula hooping, like hula hooping with the force. That'd be good. Oh, yeah. I mean, I do that all the time. Hmm. It's like, it's really hard because if I fail, then I die. But other than that, it's good. Oh, guys, you should check out this sound that I just made. It goes like this. Hmm. And it's the most neutral sound ever. It can it can be yes, it can be no, it can be I don't know. <laughs> I've been using it for like a month now. It's great. I like that. Mm-hmm. I think we're done with the bit. Yeah, I think we're done here. Yeah. Okay, uh, Nick, I believe I believe you have a thing for me. Okay, I'll go first. Um, my goal today is Fast and Furious, but I'm doing How I Met Your Mother again. Uh, here's what I'm oh. talking about this time. The show overall, uh, because I finished it. Listen, uh, ending of the show. I'm going to spoil it right now, so I don't care. Okay. Uh, here's the deal. Ted Mosby looking for love the whole show. Uh, he's in love with Robin the whole show. Uh, then he finally gets over her because his best friend marries her, and he uh, and that's when he meets the mother at the end of the show. And then I guess he has kids with her, and then the mother dies. Um, and then uh, and then at the end of the show, you realize that the story he was telling his kids was that he wants to get back with Robin now in the future uh, as an adult. Okay, that's the end. I spoiled it. I did it. Do you guys have opinions on the end of the show? I don't. I remember, <laughs> I remember liking it more than most people seem to like it mm-hmm, at the mm-hmm. time. Well, um, I don't. I I do think it was kind of weird that they like backtracked like Barney's character in particular to like the point he was at like five seasons earlier. Um, I don't know. That's that's sort of what I remember from my How I Met Your Mother opinions. Okay, well, I guess a lot of people on the internet don't like this ending. Uh, there's like a general hatred it's ending, but I think it's great. Sure. I think it's so great, and it's one of my favorite endings to a TV show ever, especially sitcoms, because it has a point. And the end of the show influences what the whole show means, like a movie does. Does that make sense? Like it's yeah. um, mm-hmm. 
like to discuss what the, what the show's about, you have to know the ending. And uh, I like the idea here. I'm just going to do it fast. There's a whole show. Ted's looking for his destiny and the one. Um, and what he does is he he overdoes it. And he because you know the way he met Robin was special and good. He believes that she's the one for him, uh, and sort of ruins his other relationships through the years because he's still hanging on to some hope of getting with her. Um, and then when he actually meets the mother, it's pretty plain. Not no, it's not bad, but there's nothing you know special about it. He just comes up to her in the rain. And they don't like they make a point in the final episodes where they don't even have a wedding, like it's just very normal and they're very happy. Um, the other thing about the show is that you know he had to get over Robin before he could find his destiny. And I do think this show believes in that. Well, not believes, but you know wants to tell you about destiny. I, I don't think it wants you to think about the one, and I don't think it wants you to think that destiny is big or glorious. Also, it does this idea where you know not one person is your destiny because at the end he does get with Robin. Um, he just has to do it after he gets over her. He has what he wants, the kids and a family. Um, and I like those ideas because I think there, there are lots of romantic movies are like, oh, destiny, and that can be sort of a you know, bad idea to have in real life. And I think that's portrayed in Ted because he, you know, he has this romantic idea in his head. He thinks that destiny has to come and there's only one person for him. But the way this does it is that you can still believe in those sort of magical moments, but you have to be objective and get over things when you need to uh, and understand that there might be more than one person for you. And so I think it has a good applicable lesson that is still a little magical. The end. I'm done. Yeah, I like that. You've uh, you've like encouraged me to go back and look more at How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. The other thing I like is that it's like Ted's character comes full circle. Like it's a whole character arc. And you don't sort of realize it for a while because he's just sort of like, you know, getting in and out of relationships, obviously, because he has to meet the mother at the end of the show. But it, it does make sense in the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want I'm, I'm so um so my thing for this week is actually um HBO's Watchmen TV show nice uh which recently wrapped up oh, I watched and, that uh, too I watched yeah that ben and I Ben and I watched it together uh given that it's uh it's Christmas break so we're all we're all together um and so we can do things like that all of um, us is in the two of us no no Ben we're all we're all recording from the the out of our heads HQ oh yeah by we're the way guys the great fire. studio great studio I forgot to mention this um when i came in um but it's beautiful in here i think the chandelier is a really nice touch um mm-hmm. i like that it it makes a ton of noise like it's constantly doing like that that chandelier crystal uh you know sort of sound thing yeah um, i mean i i, I forgot to it, mention the the um the 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 historical uh uh jack kirby memorial out of our heads hq is the official title yeah which i think is really good because you're you're memorializing jack kirby um who, yeah. who i definitely know who that is um he was <laughs> ben, he was uh he's that pink thing that swallows things oh from super smash brothers yeah he's pink okay <laughs> jack kirby from super smash brothers yeah see i didn't okay that makes a lot of sense i didn't realize he was dead look we should probably oh, call it that statue and then it would be more clear but whatever yeah the jack kirby from super smash brothers statue yeah. memorial statue <sighs> Anyway, so I've been watching uh, HBO's Watchmen, <laughs> uh, which recently concluded, uh, and I, I've got to—I've got to say—I owe an apology to this show because it's actually really good. It's one of the best television shows that I've seen in, like, you know, maybe in my life. Wait, what? Um, <laughs> did, did, you, did you? Why did you say something mean about it before? I mean, I—I I, I made a, a passing comment in in one of our episodes previously uh, where I referred to it as shitty Watchmen before it had actually aired. Um, oh. And the thing about it is that. It's 
like the original Watchmen, it has a lot to say about like our society, um, uh, which is, I, I think, something that a lot of people don't appreciate about the original graphic novel for some reason. Um, it, it's like very much commenting on like objectivist viewpoints, um, like at least with the the character of Rorschach. Uh, but that's beside the point. Uh, the the really cool thing about the Watchmen HBO series is that so it's set in you know our present day it's set in 2019 but it continues on from the alternate history version of of like our uh of the universe that watchman established um and so what we have is we have a universe where robert redford has been president for 30 years and there's been a whole bunch of changes in america because unlike uh in the comic where richard nixon was president and he was obviously you know very conservative like in real life uh the tv show has decided that robert redford is essentially, um, at least in some ways, much more liberal, or, or than like a lot of historical presidents have been. Um, so, uh, what this means essentially is that the show does a lot of commentary on race. Um, there's this whole group of um, this was in the trailer, so it's not really a, a spoiler. But um, there's a, a group of essentially Klansmen uh, that dress up in Rorschach masks because they were inspired by him, um, and that's like super interesting in what it says about the original work and also. Uh, in how it interrogates, like, I guess the, the, to some degree, like the fandom of Watchmen, uh, and also just like how these things tend to work in real life. Uh, there's a bunch of running subplots. Uh, one of the cool things about the show is that it also acts as, um, kind of a murder mystery in the same way that, uh, the original comic did, even though that's like an aspect that is sort of lost, uh, in, in thinking about the, the shows, the show and the comic as a whole. Uh, because they become so much more expensive. Um, something I will say is that while like there are a lot of like super satisfying twists and turns throughout the show, uh, it does sort of run out of steam in the final couple episodes uh, where we have kind of figured out what's going on and there aren't really any more reveals to have happen. Uh, and I think that... To be fair, uh, for, isn't the comic yeah. a little bit like that? It is. I it agree. Is. Um, I think the comic is exactly like that, actually. I think that, um, you know, that's an incredibly valid point, and it's something that happens with a lot of mystery stories, uh, so it's not necessarily something to the show's discredit. Like, I still think it does a great job of being engaging and entertaining for I those mean, final not, two episodes. Not murder mysteries. Mystery stories that are, like, about more than just the mystery, yeah. But, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like, Knives Out or, like, really any Agatha Christie book, like, does not lose steam because you're still like finding out new stuff like all right until the Again, end, i watched really. work yesterday yeah i heard you you saw the mystery in that movie and then it still goes for a bit and it's great yeah that's true yeah. oh brick is brick is lovely um, i do love brick and ryan johnson i'd give him a hug <laughs> um, yeah but uh, uh yeah, watchman is is generally superb i think you know, if it has any major flaws, it's, it is that it runs out of steam just a little at the end. And I think it doesn't quite engage with the ideas that it's presenting in the final couple episodes, or really just the final episode, um, in a way that I, I would love. Like, it feels like it sets up a lot of really interesting questions, and then it only, like, mostly answers them. It dodges uh, engaging with, like, some of the more... Uh, deeper levels of that at the end that I think is a little frustrating to me. Uh, but overall, it's a very good show and it like really, uh, one of the, the great things about it that the original Watchmen also does is it's just a work that like really makes you think. 
yeah i think i agree with you on 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 pretty much all of the things that you said about about watchmen the tv show when i i i should add that um the the other cool thing about this watchmen series is much like the original comic had uh you know backup sections that uh were, were really like prose pieces there are actually uh prose pieces in universe prose pieces on the website for this Watchmen show that aren't quite essential to the show, but like they are super interesting and they do flesh out the world in a lot of really interesting ways. Okay. You know what I'm going to ask, right? What you got? Is there a pirate plot? Um, there's not. (laughs) Okay. But that's, that's sort of a lie because there is, there is a plot that is like a fictional thing within the universe. That's adjacent to that like similar in structure to how the Watchmen comic works where yes in, that's like, true where in that comic we had like the pirate plot which sort of like thematically complemented you know the 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 rest of the story like this they have a tv show that does very similar things um so there's not a pirate plot but there's something that's very like functionally similar mm-hmm. good joe i have a question what you got so because it's a TV show, because it's a TV show now, are are we the audience, the ones who watch The Watchmen? I I, I think that's an interesting question, um, and it's one that I, I think we'll all have to consider more in the uh, in the days to come. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So so is it is it my time? Do I also have a thing? Shut up, Ben. You do. <laughs> whoa 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 whoa. Ben does have a thing. And right, he right. wants to share it with us. It's just that I'm senior, so I want to want to mess with him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, look, Nick. We all know Joe is alpha dog here. We all know <laughs> Joe's in charge of this podcast. Like you, you, look, man. You're basically like an extended guest, hey, anyway. Hey Ben. So. Hey Ben. Yeah. Shut up. Oh, he's got me, guys. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that doesn't feel good. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, look I have a thing for you guys. You don't know what he's doing. He's stammering. <laughs> I don't even know what he's talking about. I uh oh boy. <laughs> I I have a thing for you guys. Um and Nick, I think you're actually going to like this thing a lot. Okay. Um because it's The Legend of Korra. Um Ooh. by uh by Nickelodeon by by Brian Brian Konietzko. Is that how you pronounce his name, Konietzko. Joe? Yeah. Konietzko. Um and that other guy, my uh Michael Dante Di Martino. Um yeah. Um, so about two months ago, I started rewatching Avatar: Last Airbender um, because just before that, I read the Kyoshi book, basically because of you guys. Um, I listened to that podcast and I was like, "Wow, I really want to read that book." Um, and then I was like, "All right, why don't I just do like everything Avatar related in chronological order?" Um, so I did that. Um, so this was kind of like the final step for me. Um, you know, Korra basically takes place about seventy years after Avatar: Last Airbender, um, and it's it's about the Avatar. Uh, after Aang, and we sort of have like appearances in the main cast from uh, people like Toph's children and Aang's children, Aang and Katara's children, really. Um, Zuko's kid shows up once, uh, really, in like I think she has two lines of dialogue. It's like kind of a minor role. Um, uh, but basically, I have have watched this entire show in the last week and a half, which I think at least should be like a testament to to some sort of quality. Um, I think that overall, I enjoyed it not as much as Avatar Last Airbender. Yeah. Um, 
which I think is a fair opinion to have. Fair opinion. Um, basically, okay, so basically the plot, you know, Korra sort of starts off uh, as kind of, uh, she's she's grown up in the water tribe. Uh, she's been very, like, protected, kind of, um, e- e- just very, like, separated from the outside world. Um, her dad sort of decided that it wasn't a very good idea for her to, like, really go off on her own. Um, so, uh, which, you know, is something that's revealed in season two. It doesn't quite make sense because she, like, um, uh, you know, travels to Republic City alone. Her dad, like, approves of that in the first season. Um, anyway, that's, like, a, a weird thing that happens. Um, but that's sort of because that's a product of this show sort of making itself up as it goes along, which Avatar Last Airbender, like, didn't do. Um, they had a pretty strict outline for that show when they were making it. And this show sort of, like, they didn't know if they were going to get, um, you know, one more season, uh, when they were making every season, basically. Like, the first season was made as a one-off thing. Then the second season was, the third and fourth season were made together, um, and then the show ended. Um, but basically, Cora starts off sort of like a spoiled ch- child. Um, she's sort of very confident in her abilities because she's really good. Um, but she also is is kind of hot headed, um, and she doesn't she doesn't really know much about the world. Um, so this show is sort of uh, her learning more about the world in general, um, and her sort of becoming, uh, you know, a better avatar, um, whatever that may mean. Um, and sort of, you know, each season she sort of learns a lesson, I'd say. Uh, sometimes it's it's done better than the others. Um, my sort of official ranking uh, is probably that season one is the best. Um, and then season three is probably a close second. Um, and season four and two are kind of both sort of messy. Um, I'd say season four is slightly better than season two. Season two has, like, better ideas overall. Um I think I like the things I like about the show. Um, the first season, especially, is that there's a lot more sort of like political kind of intrigue, which Avatar Last Airbender never had. Um, in that way, it sort of feels a lot more like the Gene Yang comics uh, that you guys have talked about a lot. Um, and uh, there's also a whole lot more romance. Um, it it kind of feels, which I think honestly is like the most successful part of the show for season one um every time there's like a romance subplot with like bolin or cora they do like a really good job at just making you like really empathize for whoever is sort of pining after another person um uh and because of that mako who's usually the person being pined after uh from whatever standpoint uh just sort of comes off like a big dick um and i don't think he ever really gets you know, he's pretty much a big dick for the entire show. Um, that's another thing this show has. It has probably like 17 main characters, um, <laughs> which is pretty different from how Avatar was structured, um, having like five main characters, maybe six. Um, Korra kind of keeps adding side characters who keep getting added to the main, the main ensemble, um, which is cool. But a lot of the time it means like, you know, like in season four, when you have, you know, at that point, like 20 main characters, like it's impossible for all of them to get their resolutions. Um, And in like a weird decision that the show makes is that it it sort of um, focuses more on the side characters than it does the main character. Um, Like Korra has not a lot of focus placed on her in season three. 
and probably more focus placed on her in season four. Um, but really it's sort of, it's, it's, it's not, you know, the, the driving force in that season. Um, yeah. Uh, I think overall, uh, I think season one is the most solid. Uh, I think something that Cora consistently does, um, is it sort of like brings up these really interesting, like questions about the world through its villains. Like in the first season, there's sort of like an anti-bending revolution because non non-benders feel like they've been oppressed. Um, and then it's sort of pretty much always what Cora does is it, it kind of is like, uh, actually, you know, uh, they're, they're just not right. And we, we're not going to tell you why. Um, and we're sort of going to leave that for the, the audience to infer. Um, like in the first season, Cora sort of defeats Amon, um, and realizes that he was bad, you know, a, because he was killing people. Uh, but also like, because he was, he was actually like the descendant of a criminal and was really just trying to gain power for himself. Um, right. I mean, I, I think, I think Korra kind of has what I would call North and South syndrome to use an avatar term, uh, just because like, you know, the villain is making often incredibly valid points. Uh, I think except for, you know, I forget what, uh, the third season's villain was all about, except for Kavira, uh, who is just a bad person, but Amon especially, um, uh, has some good points. I'd say. (laughs) Really? I don't agree with that. Yeah, I think she did. did... Okay. (laughs) Like what? Kavira's an asshole and she's, you know, sort of a dictator, but she, you know, brings stability to a war-torn nation, right? I mean... Well, she brings stability by, like, threatening people. Listen, the Earth Kingdom was, a, you know, dictatorship before. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying that either form of this government is, like, the best one. I think the best one we get is, like, when they're, when they're states at the end. You know? Right at or the end. Are they? Decides that... Or are they? Oh, is that the something in the comics? The weird thing where, like elections aren't working out i think they might revert to dictatorship what that, huh. that happens in the comics i have to, i don't know maybe maybe no way i don't know yet i haven't i haven't i'm not caught up on uh, the latest arc <laughs> yeah well it's um, anyway sort of my my main opinions on cora is that it often doesn't you know i i enjoy it a lot i think it's really funny i think the romance often often is pretty interesting um, except for in season two when it's sort of boring and kind of drawn out. Um, um, I think, you know, my main criticism of it is that often, like, the villains make really compelling points uh, that that Korra sort of doesn't listen to. Um, and sometimes we'll get, like, scenes that sort of, like, disprove those points. Like, at the end of season one, like, Korra pretty much, like, the way they solve that is like, you know, Korra has the ability to like give bending back to people and sort of like the idea is that benders can do good. So we shouldn't, we should, we should ignore the non-bending revolution, uh, which I think is a bit, a bit of a cheap answer. Um, yeah. Right. Um, There's little like the villain, the villain doesn't have a valid point because he kills people. Not because yeah. he doesn't have a valid point. <laughs> hold on. Hold on just a moment. Does Amon kill people? I mean, I, no. I, I, no, I don't does. remember. I, I was just using that. Away. Okay, I was using that as like an illustrative example. Uh, I, I haven't seen doesn't. this show in a while. Uh, um, and then, you know, in season two, I think there's little things. I, I, I agree that it doesn't always pan out exactly right, but I think they there are little things that sort of 
try to do that. I mean, like in the second season, oh. you got the non-bender president. Uh, I think the second yeah. season. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Has a good. I think one. it's often. I feel like it's often solved in retrospect. Is what yeah. happens. Like um, you know, in some of the points. Like I mean, yeah. like in the second season, especially not. I mean, season two is kind of dumb, but you know, Unalak's like, ah, people aren't spiritual enough. I'm so angry. Yeah. And, and then Korra ends that season by like uniting the spirit world and the yeah, human world. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. I think occasionally Korra has sort of like moments of greatness. Um, like at the end of season two, um, Tenzin, who's sort of spent this entire season kind of like dealing with the idea that he like can't live up to Aang's legacy. Um, he sort of realizes that he's his own person. Um and then he goes over to Korra, who's sort of struggling with the same thing, which is sort of is kind of a muddled plot point because Korra sort of has a really confusing character arc in season two, um, because a lot of it's about her romance with Mako. And then she gets amnesia and it's kind of like not not clear where her character quite is. Um, but she, you know, she's sort of struggling with like she's she's been cut off from her past avatars. And Tenzin sort of goes over to her and goes, um, you know. It doesn't matter what you are, Korra. It matters what you do. Um, and I thought that was a, a pretty powerful scene. Um, and it's stuff like that that really gets me. Um, season three, I think, is the most consistent with all that. I think especially when it delves into like stuff like, you know, Toss Children, um, Lin, Lin and Suyin Beifang. Um, I think they're like some of the most compelling characters in the show, along with Tenzin. Um, and they also like incorporate Bolin in a pretty interesting way. I think season three is like pretty much the most actually, yeah, I don't know. I think season one and season three are both pretty solid seasons of television. Um, and I think season four sort of has too much plot to kind of wrap it all up in a satisfying way with its characters. Um, yeah, that's pretty much my opinion overall of Legend of Korra. It's, it's, it's a much messier show than Avatar Last Airbender. Um, and I wish it wasn't. Yeah, that's a solid mm-hmm. analysis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I still enjoyed it. I still think it's hilarious. Um, and I think that the action scenes, particularly in season three, are fantastic. And also, like, something that I didn't mention is that the animation for season one, because that's, like, before they got budget cuts, um, <laughs> is some of the best 2D animation I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's great. Yeah. I, I heavily agree. Okay, you guys want to move on to the main event for today? I'd love to. Da, 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 da. Yes. The dead speak. I'm, I'm Damn done. it, I was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking for 10 minutes about how I was going to do that. At the beginning of the uh, time. <laughs> okay. So are we So this is gonna be I guess we're gonna talk about this movie for a while, right? <laughs> I think we will. Okay. We are three boys with strong opinions on Rise of Skywalker. Do you wanna start with the opening crawl? I yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So the okay. first the first line of this movie is um The Dead we Speak. It. We said it. <laughs> um Um this is weird, right? It's a weird line to start a movie with. <laughs> okay. I thought it was fine. Yeah. The, the weird part is that is the thing it's it's trying to tell us, which is exactly that is back. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> which doesn't which like is never explained in this movie no it's not it's not he's he here's what I i've heard that there's quite a bit that's explained in the uh the companion visual dictionary i've heard that too uh, yeah weird <laughs> weird place to put all that plot but here's what, here's what i respect about this movie this movie's like yeah palpatine's back and that's how it opens and that's how much that's just i respect that a lot I'm just yeah like, i respect that too i think you're just doing it like i do i don't i don't appreciate what it's doing but i appreciate like the the way in which they're doing it i like that they just, uh, which yeah, is just like, like yeah like you know this is happening get over it yeah uh which exactly. you know if this is a decision you're going to make in your movie which I, I i don't think it's a good decision uh i i think that the previous movies had like very clearly we'll get into this later but i think the previous movies had very clearly set up a a a dynamic where where kylo ren was going to be the ultimate bad guy um and like we didn't really need a, a more uh or a, a bigger antagonist a less intimate antagonist than him uh like that I thought that was the whole point of killing Snoke in the last movie. Uh but at the same time I do respect that they just sort of get it out of the way. That that Palpatine is back, don't worry about it. Yeah. Um anyways, he's back and he doesn't have legs, I guess, and he's on a crane thing that I actually Wait, kind of does like. he not have legs? Oh I love the crane thing. Yeah. <laughs> does and, he not uh, have legs? I don't think he has legs. I uh I'm not aware. I mean, I don't, he barely has a face, really, so <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. But okay, okay so so back to uh, back to the plot. What we find out is um, we see we see Kylo Ren on Mustafar, apparently. Oh Wait, yeah, I know Mustafar. What's Mustafar again? That's it's um, the place Anakin was uh, was turned into Darth Vader. Obi Wan the... says, "I have the high ground." Yeah, <laughs> I have the high ground. I missed that. <laughs> So I'm just gonna have to churn out the plot because I sort of forgot where it goes after Palpatine. Yeah, I'm sort of okay. Oh, Kylo finds him. That's what happens. Okay, so yeah. so so Kylo, so Kylo Ren is, finds finds sort of a bunch of a bunch of uh, a bunch of Sith or a bunch of Sith worshippers, I guess. Um, which he sort of doesn't question. He kills them all. Yeah, not just the men. Does he kill them? I don't know. No, 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 no. No, sorry, we're we're at the beginning of this movie still, the first scene, right? Yeah. Where Kylo Ren is just being an absolute killing machine yeah. for no reason. Yeah. Right, he's um he's murdering some people. Like after after they've gone to like a point to pretty much not have him murder people, like directly in the previous movies. <laughs> yeah. Which is an like, an odd enough beat to start off on, but like they're not named characters, so we don't really care. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean it is it is a maybe they I think it's it. a it's a pretty <laughs> yeah maybe they killed anakin's mom all right yeah uh but anyways kylo kylo ren ben solo finds a sith wayfinder uh it's which he can use to not a holocron not a holocron yeah even though <laughs> it could even be. though those are the things that that do this function previously <laughs> in the other in the other star wars stuff right um so he uses this uh to take him to the planet exegol so so Kylo Ren enter, enters this uh, mysterious foreboding building. Uh, it has lots of Palpatine statues in it. Uh, and he finds Palpatine, uh, who says that he is every voice that has ever been on Kylo Ren's head. Uh, and uh, we see two Snokes in a, in a test tube just hanging out because Snoke is a clone now, uh, which is quite a thing to drop on the audience. Um, and then... To be fair, you know, didn't we just do that? That's true, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the first five minutes of our podcast 
I wouldn't say that that I denies the, the, the thematic up, points of our. I would not say that that producing the fact that that uh, there is a Joe Bortner clone out there. I, I would not say that introducing that to the canon denies the thematic intent of the previous movies. <laughs> the previous podcast, you mean? Yeah, the previous podcast. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, okay. so 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 let's talk about this. Let's talk about how Snoke is a clone. Like it's sort of it's sort of minimized. Snoke is a clone. He's a clone. Let's move on. That's what this movie does. That's what I want. Well, no, I think <laughs> I think I think Joe makes an interesting point that in the last movie, you know, uh, Kylo killing Snoke was like this big moment of him of him sort of uh, becoming a uh, the the top dog, right? It's um. It's him sort of conquering his uh, his um, his sort of fear, uh, or not his fear, but sort of his obedience, right? Yeah, yeah he's um, he's denying the, the the voice that had sort of controlled him for a long yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is a pretty big moment, right? Mm-hmm. And to immediately put Kylo Ren back in back in back into the position of being a lapdog. To be fair, he's not a lapdog. Because I agree. Okay, his plan sorry. is still to kill Mister Mister Palpatino. That's true, and it is throughout. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, what happens next? Can we get back to this first scene? <laughs> well, so we. Oh. Uh... <laughs> well, we cut to we cut we cut to Poe and Finn finding exactly the same information. <laughs> oh wait, wait. Right. You know why? Because Palpatine sent out a big transmission to tell everyone he's alive. Well, yeah. So I was I was under yeah. the impression that that was like a, a I don't know, like everyone just sort of knew already. It's weird yeah. to to. It's weird to have, have it in the, the opening crawl un- and then also do it later. Yeah, like have the characters uncover information that the audience has already been told, and like the audience was told that the characters had already uncovered this information. Basically, yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right, so uh, what's going on? Poe and uh, and Finn and uh, Chewie are hanging out, and they're. Uh, they fly and there's some action. Uh, the end. Okay. Right. They're they're oh, in the Falcon. Uh, Poe does some some light speed skipping away from some imperial oh, yeah, troops. Sure. What's that? What's light speed skipping? What's what? I, I don't know. know. <laughs> Was that a thing in the previous movies? No, never. I, I don't care. It's cool. It's neat. yeah. I don't care either. It's fine. <laughs> I, okay. What was the danger that Ray was like? Hey, you shouldn't have done that because compression. What did she say? Oh, oh I don't know. Um, I don't remember that. <laughs> I just she says something when they arrive. She's like, "Ah, oh, you light speed skip that it could compress you," and I was like, "Wait, what?" And I just it made me think that this was a thing in the previous. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it does like, sort of. It does sort of feel like that's going to be paid off later. Like they're going to do light speed skipping again, and it's going to be like dangerous this time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's sort of the thing about this movie is that every line is a piece of exposition. And there are a lot droid, of lines that are like... Never underestimate a droid. That never comes back. <laughs> the hell? What? What did you say? They say never underestimate a droid like five Well, 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 well <laughs> let, let's, let's get to that. So so we um we go to Rey, who is who is training. She's got some, some, some okay. rocks levitating around her uh, in, in sort of an Avatar-like manner, uh, I would argue. Yeah, it is pretty Avatar-like, isn't it? Yeah. Like, um, but but beside pretty... that, she... She runs a training course, uh, and then she talks to Leia for a bit. Uh, uh, Ray is, at this point in the story, feeling inadequate, um, and so she gives Ray her lightsaber, 
which is loose, which was destroyed in the previous movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Forgot about that. All right, they just don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. According according to some supplemental material, she oh. she fixed it. Uh, never, you know, if you ever talk about supplemental material in this movie ever again, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> just see. The thing about that, like, I don't want to, I sort of approach this movie with a, like, yeah, they're probably going to, like, just not address a lot of stuff from the last movie. Um, so I, I'm going to try to take this movie as its own thing. But I think it is, you know, there's sort of a point to be made that, like, there is a lot of stuff from the last movie that's kind of glossed over, um, which I guess we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so what we what we have in this scene is uh, the introduction of uh, reused Carrie, foot- Carrie Fisher footage, uh, which I'm, in- I'm inclined to not be too harsh towards because Carrie Fisher did pass away, um, and this is what they were working with. Um, but at the same time, it's also, like, I think pretty much anyone in the audience could tell that she wasn't actually there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, like, there are so many scenes that are just, like, you know, you can kind of tell that, like, oh, this is the footage we had of Carrie Fisher. Um <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I agree. She feels like a that line, bit, but that line where she says "never trust a droid," it's like right, there's there's a lot of lines where never trust a droid, or or never underestimate, never droid. underestimate yeah, a droid. I agree. Um, which is which is clearly a line that they just sort of had from the last movie and like had to use because it was one of the few lines they had that was usable. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So you know you have this Ray sort of like you know gesturing at at uh you know, R2-D2 and, and BB-8, I believe. Um, and and uh, in response, Leia says, never underestimate a droid, which it, like, doesn't quite make sense in context. Like, it doesn't it doesn't really talk about the thing that Ray was just saying, but, like, you know, yeah. fine. This is um, a 30 Rock, where they have Gary Seinfeld's life rights, so they try to, <laughs> try to cut off everything he's ever done. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> That was a funny episode. They're all funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, um, I think I a lot of the Leia stuff in this would work better had they just like written her out and said that she was still alive somewhere out there, but she just like couldn't be there physically. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think that maybe would have been more respectful to the to the actress. Perhaps. I mean, then again, I I'm I'm not Carrie Fisher's family, so it's not really me to decide. It's not yeah. really my role. <laughs> okay, so so what happens next? Um, Finn and Poe come back. Um, and we and, did and that. Po- <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. No, no, no. We didn't. We went over to the the Ray talking to Leia okay. stuff. You know, Poe comes back, and him and Ray sort of have like this dynamic that's been established um, in this movie. Which I, you know, I came in with one of those bingo cards, one of those one of those Star Wars bingo cards, and in my in in one of my bingo card spaces. Um, it was, it was Ray and Poe getting together. So immediately I was, I was excited because I thought I was going to get bingo. Um, because Ray <laughs> and Poe are shown to have this dynamic. Um, you know, and, and personally, I, I think that's the right move to go to, you know, I think Kylo Ren's a bit, uh, a bit, he's, he's a bit whiny for her. He's not quite the right boy. Um, <laughs> I think Poe is a bit, off track here, yeah. bud. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, um all right, you know, Nick, this is a Star of, Wars in an episode. Anything goes. <laughs> yeah, we established that this dynamic between the two of them, which ultimately goes nowhere. Um, right, they 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 kind of get on each other's nerves, kind of. Yeah, in a in a mildly flirty way, I would say. 
sort of. I would say. Am I right? Ah, you killed people I love. It's kind <laughs> of annoying, but I still like you. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Finn goes over to Rose and he's like, uh, "Last chance to last chance to join the mission." Um, and Rose is like, "Nope, I'd rather stay here. Thank you very much, Finn." Um, My character just spouts exposition now. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, wasted opportunity. I, I'm I'm going to jump in here and say that I'm actually quite upset about this because I, I, I love Rose. I think she's a, a fantastic character in the last movie. She's one of like the best parts of The Last Jedi, which I, you know, I think is a great movie. Um, uh, and uh, I, I am just incredibly frustrated that they go to the effort to to basically remove this character from the film almost entirely for seemingly no reason. Like yeah. they, there are. As we'll get to later, there are a lot of a lot of new ancillary characters that are introduced that don't do anything either. But like their screen time could have been dedicated to scenes with Rose or like even more scenes with Finn and Poe, who like don't really get enough to do in this movie either. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's right. Yeah, I'm 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 incredibly frustrated, especially like I'm not sure what the intent was with that decision. I know that, that there's a, a statement that JJ Abrams had where he was like, yeah, I, I love Kelly Bergeron. Uh, I think that like one of the best decisions Ryan Johnson made in the last movie was casting her as Rose. Uh, so it seems like he, he enjoys having her in the movie. Um, but I, 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 it also worries me that it, it feels like a capitulation to, to um, you know, a lot of the, the assholes uh, from uh, years past who, who were like harassing the, the actress online um basically for for because they're racist um and i i i don't like that that's an element of that this movie like even if it was like i i don't think that it was intentional necessarily but it it, it it's really bad that it feels like they're they're erasing this character from this movie for the purposes of pleasing like those people yeah yeah pretty uh, much pretty much agree wholeheartedly i agree Okay, moving on. I'm, I'm stepping down <laughs> off my off my soapbox. Uh, All right. So, anyways, um, this whole movie is uh, everyone's trying to find Palpatine. That's the movie, and kill him. I guess is the plan. So they're just sort of on yeah. a quest and uh, looking for clues. So uh, first they go somewhere, which I forgot. So Ben, tell me. Um, you know, they go to a desert planet. There's sort of a festival going on. Oh, the dancing um, planet. When... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Ray's like. Ray's like, I've never seen anything like this in my life before. I've never seen, you know, people dancing before. It's great. Um, it goes nowhere. Um, and then, <laughs> then this kid goes up to her and is like, uh, do you have a mom? Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, and she's like, no, I don't have a mom. Um, and then she sort of looks off into the distance, sadly. Um, and, and, and at that moment, I was like, oh, she's Palpatine's granddaughter. <laughs> And it made me really sad. <laughs> um, so I, th- I think we should talk more about that decision once we get to it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, it's quite something. All right. And then uh, um, it's a necklace no. and then Kylo Ren Skype calls her, but takes it and turns out he can touch things in the, you know, force connection thing they have. And then a masked man says, come with me. And then it's, uh, it's Lando. Boom. All right. Someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I should point out that I, I think a lot of people are going to, to dock this movie points for whatever reason for, for, um, 
it being such a major plot point that things can teleport through the Force. I would disagree because, A, new Force powers are cool. I like whenever we get to see them. Uh, B, this actually was subtly established yeah, yeah. in the last movie. When, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. With yeah, when, no, when, I think it's know, fine. The, yeah. the rain is, is transported uh, between Kylo and Rey's Skype conversations. Like, I that happens in the last that. movie. Yeah. We know I think that scene where... I think that scene where like they fight um, through the force time stuff. I think that's great. Yes, um, it's um, it's actually one of the the one of the neatest things in this movie, and it's one of the the only things that they really carry over from Last Jedi is that apparently J.J. Abrams or, or someone involved with the creation of this movie was just really invested in that specific force ability, which I like because they do a lot of cool things with it. Yeah, I do want to point out that at the end of the Last Jedi, Rey closes herself off from Kylo Ren in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's interesting that, that they sort of just bring that back. Um, I don't really care that much. Um, but you know, she's angry about it. It's, it's, it's fine. But Okay. I'm back. Know. Uh, so yeah. uh, Lando, uh, wants to say hi to Leia and, uh, then he's in the movie and everyone says hi. And then, uh, and then some, some sort of clue must happen because they go to another planet and, uh, well, and, no, uh, what, oh, what, what they wait. do is they, they, uh, get caught by what happens is that uh, you know after Kylo Ren discovers that they're on this planet through uh, stealing this necklace uh, through the Force Skype call, uh, um, he sends down troopers, uh, you know, to 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 go get them. Yeah. Uh, but what actually happens, bizarrely enough, is that there are already stormtroopers on this planet. So yeah. like him discovering that uh, <laughs> that Ray and the gang are are on this planet is kind of worthless. <laughs> At least for the moment. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, good point. Actually, called them. I think he called them and told them to. No, I think well, they no, were no, they, there. they, they just these stormtroopers that are on the planet discover discover them just by seeing them. Oh, yeah, like that's it's true. two separate instances. That. It's two kind of right, redundant right. instances okay. of the Empire discovering that they're there. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So then, uh, then they go to this other planet, and Poe meets a, a friend who's a girl and always in a mask, and uh, she's cool, I guess, because she has a cool costume. And uh, you are you are jumping ahead, my friends. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You missed a whole whole bit. Um, so okay, so, so Kylo there, Ren, this... meanwhile, uh, is on the ship, and, and Hux is sort of like, uh, I don't like your new helmet, man. Um, and Kylo Ren's like, Yeah, I, I just wanted to put it on to sell toys. Um, and then <laughs> then um, then they uh, then they go to the planet to find Ray. Um, with the Knights of Ren who are in this movie. Oh yeah, uh, for pretty much no reason. Music video shot where they're on a circle and like. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you pointed that out. That's a really funny shot. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, so then what happens is we have a big chase sequence. Uh, you know, uh, Finn, Poe, and Ray uh are now in the desert. Uh, BB-8's also there, I believe. Or Poe and the lady. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. As you were. Um, and so what eventually happens is that uh, they, they, they get, you know, trapped, essentially. Uh, they get caught underground in, uh, in this kind of quicksand yeah, element. They packing stormtroopers. Yeah, they exist. Uh, they're cool. <laughs> All right, as, as you were. Uh, um, and, and, and says, Ray, I never told you, and then sinks underground. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he's uh, like, Finn, what? <laughs> Finn introduces this element uh, where he's like, "Ray, I have something to tell you," um, and it's clearly based on you know the audience having seen movies before that he wants to tell her that that he he loves her or that he has a crush on her or, or something akin to that. 
like you know i i've, I've seen a movie before i've seen this scene before uh, i know i know what's going on there but it never resolves into anything anything meaningful it never really comes up again even though they like make a point of reminding us that it's like an element here's something interesting um they bring it up two more times and at both times finn is reluctant to tell yes but you know <laughs> if if what jj abrams has said is to be believed um it's it's that he has force powers mm-hmm. um and which he does ex- he does exhibit at certain points in the movie yeah which i'm fine with um but if that's the case why does he not want to tell poe <laughs> or or ray when she asks again you know <laughs> yeah and also they're trapped underground it would seem like it would be a useful thing to know yeah yeah um so then what happens is they are they encounter um this this giant uh uh worm creature uh in the in the uh underground cavern that they've they've entered uh and it turns out that it's injured uh and so ray uses a new force healing power uh where she transfers some of her life force uh to another creature uh in order to uh heal it and also uh in doing so this this sets them free so this introduces a new element uh where you know, people can use the force to heal each other, which I think is pretty cool. But it does present a problem because, uh, as later on is a, as later on established, uh, one of Ray's main character arcs in in this movie and also the the trilogy as a whole is her 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 shift between uh, the light and the dark. She she doesn't know where she's gonna fall, uh, especially uh, because as this movie introduces later on, uh, she is Palpatine's granddaughter. So there's an element of 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 legacy um, where, where she, her fami- her familial connections would seem to be drawing her towards the dark side. Uh, but the problem presented here is that, you know, one of the first things we ever see her do with the force in this movie is, is heal someone. It's an, it's an inherently compassionate act. Um, and it also presents this weird dichotomy that's introduced uh, or that continues on throughout the movie, which is that like actions don't really matter. To the force, it's just like the powers you use. So, like yeah. later on, she uses force lightning, and that's supposed to be like something that signifies to us, the audience, that she might be evil or that she might turn evil, which is just bizarre. Yeah, I agree. Um, because you know, it doesn't matter. Like, like she's just, you know, angry. You know, um. Not even angry in that moment. She's she's desperate to to get Chewbacca back. By the way, um, I think it's it's really stupid that they would Chewbacca even dies. hint Chewbacca what? is dead. Ray kills Chewbacca with lightning, and everyone's <laughs> worried. Including hold, hold on, hold on. We, we we have to. Ben, what were you saying? Um. Well, yeah, that's sort of the moment that I'm getting at. Um. I think that it sort of ties into like how how kind of bizarrely edited this movie is. Um. You know. A, this movie does this twice where it sort of kills off the comic relief character, which in my opinion is something that you should never ever do in a movie ever. <laughs> unless it's like, if if you're actually supposed to care about it. Because I, I think often people don't care about the comic relief characters in like dramatic ways, you know? They care about them because they're funny. And it's like something that you can do but it's kind of cheap, especially when you're just going to reveal that they're actually alive five seconds later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's my opinion. I think I, I think I largely agree. Yeah. What is Chewbacca a comic relief character? 
Um, I think so. What else is he there for? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Definitely in like the first movie, you know? Um, yeah. Right. Um, now that Chewbacca is dead, um, the gang is sad, but moves on to another clue. Uh, So they, they, they go to this shuttle where they discover, they discover this knife or was that in the shuttle or was it in the underground cavern? I think it might've been the underground cavern. I don't quite remember. Okay. Um, C-3PO is also with them. Uh, and, and he says that, uh, you know, there, there's a language on this knife, uh, and it's actually an ancient Sith rune, uh, and he can read it and he can process it, but he can't repeat it. Um, because apparently, um, he has programming that dictates that he can never actually repeat Sith language. Um, which is interesting. Uh, okay. Like a little bit. I, I, I I don't, I don't have a huge issue with it. Um, it's from when, it's from when Obi-Wan and Yoda like reprogrammed him in episode three is when that's from. Oh, um, I, I, I didn't touch upon that. I I was just thinking of like, well, Anakin built him. That would be a weird thing for the little nine-year-old desert boy to think about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I think, you know, I think something that that's pretty apparent to me, um, in sort of, in sort of the way we're talking about this movie right now is that, is that it's all plot. Um, and that the, yeah, the character at this stuff point... <laughs> is is clearly not the movie's priority. I think we can start just moving moving on to like the bigger points of the Faster. movie. Let's move past um, girl. Okay, yeah. um, I mean, I, I think I think at this point, like, really, the the only like major character stuff we've gotten is that like Ray is sad about not knowing her mom, which is like a or which is a weird element because we like <laughs> that was resolved in the previous movie. Like, like she, mm, I don't think it was. I don't think that was. I think it. I think it was a reveal in the previous movie. I, I don't think it was resolved. Okay. I don't think Ray's character arc is really finished. I think it's at its midpoint. You know. Okay. But I, I, think, th- I, I think I thought she had like come to an understanding where like she was kind of fulfilled with herself, and she didn't need like her parents to to, um, kind of kind of like she didn't need knowledge of her parents or the support of her parents to to define herself. Well, I think that's sort of what the movie's hinting at. Um, but I think it's really it was up to this movie to sort of to sort of make that like clear text. I think everyone is sort of telling her that's what she should do and that's what she should believe, but I'm not sure she's quite there yet. Okay. Um so I was okay with this movie at first being like, you know, who's your mom? But Okay, I'm on I'm on board with that read, I suppose. So then we meet um, the girlfriend. And uh, hmm. she doesn't do anything, but nope. uh, not once. Right. In so fact, they go. They go to this her planet. Don't even kiss at the end. So there's no resolution. Yeah. They uh they they go to this other planet, which is um sort of occupied by by the first order. Um, and we meet uh Zori Bliss, who is apparently Poe's old girlfriend from when he was a a a spice runner, which is an interesting element of Poe's backstory that doesn't make sense to me in the slightest. <laughs> Why not? Well, I thought the uh, the entire point of uh, of Poe's character is that, you know, he was kind of groomed from birth to to be like the 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 hotshot resistance leader. Like, you know, I, I we don't we, we know we we know that that he is um you know the 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 top uh pilot in the resistance. Um, you know, uh, he's clearly like you know being groomed by Holdo and and Leia in Last Jedi. Uh to be like a, a future leader. Uh, like that's why they're, they're putting so much 
like kind of emphasis on like his his training and like his being a responsible person um and like also this is um you know you know i i i'm less inclined to to bring this up because it is from material that isn't in the movies but like if you read uh one of the comics uh like uh poe's parents are like friends with with leia and han and they like fought in the the war in the original trilogy so it seems that like you know poe was was basically born into the resistance like this is his life you know yeah i mean okay so i think the real point here besides it not making any sense yeah is that it has nothing to do i don't care with with poe's character before, yes i agree you know like you know it's it's it, it doesn't bring up any questions about him it doesn't I, I mean i guess it sort of does but only about his past and he's clearly not that person anymore and it's not like those questions are resolved in the movie in any way whatsoever mm-hmm. so i think we can move on from that yeah you know yeah yeah i don't care it was just yeah i don't care bothered either. me a little um right. i mean <laughs> joe i think i think if we spend all day nitpicking stuff about this movie we're like we're gonna be here all day you're you know? you're correct i think that we really like you know because there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't make sense about this movie sure but, you know <laughs> it also i think the stuff about this movie that's really compelling to me is that it, that it also doesn't work basically on on pretty much any sort of character level either so right uh um you're correct um so there is something i want to bring up which is that uh on the on the ship that they found in the desert there was this little droid named uh named dio you bring up the cone robot hmm? the cone robot yes um <laughs> and what i th- what i find funny and like actually fairly interesting and, and and sad about this droid is that um one of the characters attempts to like sort of touch him uh and he 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 goes back and he says no thank you um and it's it's this really interesting moment um that gives a lot of depth to this droid character uh in 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 his history um which is fascinating to me um just because this character is only existing to to be a mascot friend to r2d2 and and bb8 uh i agree and it's not like it's resolved in any way either yeah um because like you know, you know the 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 person that presumably abused him is dead. We we find his skeleton in the in the caverns. Yeah, you know, this movie sort of has a weird habit of of bringing up kind of like you know things that seem like they're going to be resolved later in the movie and then just aren't. Like Finn's force powers, like the things that he's talking to Ray about, like, you know, Poe's relationship with Zori Bliss. Um, yeah like his like his former spice running stuff um, Zori bliss like, is a non-character besides like you know she's she's tough i guess yeah tough but helpful <laughs> um you know moving on uh ray find oh that's where ray finds the dagger she finds it in the when they're trying to save chewy mm-hmm. um yeah so they go they go onto the ship they save chewy um you know c-3po loses all of his memories um Right, which and is I I think we should talk about because it's an incredibly strange moment to me. Why would um, <laughs> because here's the thing. Here's the thing about C three PO. This is another um, thing about like killing off the comic relief. Like nobody's gonna care when you do it. It doesn't raise the stakes. Well, here's like, the thing about C three PO though is that like unlike a human, he has a pre programmed personality, and like in these movies, he's never gone through like any real character development. So him losing his memories doesn't actually have much of an effect on the characters or like 
the plot. Like, it, I mean, it matters to the characters because there's a person they know. Um, but at the same time, like, C-3PO doesn't care. And also it doesn't, like, all it does is advance the story and it creates an artificial beat of, like, confused sadness on the part of the audience. Um, yeah, especially when he gets it back later. It, like, does not matter. Yeah, it's such a it's such a strange moment to include. I don't remember that. Yeah, he gets it back. All right. Because they mentioned that that R2D2 has has his memory stored away um somewhere uh and eventually uh R2D2 gives them back to him once they get back to uh uh home base. Yeah. Okay. So the next thing that happens is that like Kylo Ren comes in uh, and he's like, "Ray, you know, join me again." Um this is odd, right? Because it's a moment that we've seen in the previous film. Um, and this time, Kylo Ren's sort of positioning it as, you know, remember like what we did to Snoke? You know, let's just do this with Palpatine. Um, <laughs> and it's confusing to me that Kylo Ren doesn't, that he didn't just kill Palpatine when he had the chance. Because it seemed quite easy right like it seems like you know maybe he wants ray to do it with him because he's still like hung up on ray um it's it's not quite clear it's never quite clear they they introduce this element that isn't really explained and i'm not going to i'm not going to uh, focus on this too much because they, uh, like we said like the plot holes are a problem in this movie but they're not the main problem um like you know inconsistencies in the in the narrative engine uh don't matter as much to me as the fact that this movie isn't really trying to say anything or do anything with its characters i think plot holes are often signifiers of lazy writing rather than actual problem with the movie itself yeah i agree but um but they do introduce this idea that kylo and ray are a forced dyad and they don't really explain what that means or why we should care or like, you know, what that signifies for them or changes about their experience. That's what it means. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you want to talk about that? You want to talk about Kylo and Ray's relationship in this movie? Yeah, I, think I, we should we should get, I think we should get to that later on because it doesn't let's talk about, let's talk about Kylo Ren, right? Okay. And how, you know, have a question. this movie doesn't really... Is he a handsome person? Kylo Ren? Yeah. I'd say so, yeah. Adam Driver? He's kind of one of those guys that, like, you don't think is handsome, but is handsome, you know? Okay. That was my question. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Kylo Ren's sort of the direction of his character in this movie is that he gets redeemed. Um, because he dies, I guess. You know, he fights Rey, and then she kills him, but then she heals him. And I guess that sort of brings him over to the light side, because he, I don't know, realizes people will be nice to him. But he already knew that. The thing that's interesting about Kylo Ren is that people have been nice to him his entire life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like... <laughs> okay, yeah. Like, he's, I don't know. I'm... Like, he's a, he's evil because he wants to be evil i don't know like because he'll get attention right i i, I fully agree <laughs> because yeah because he's trying to live up to the expectations that people have set i think that makes him really compelling 
Um, in this movie, it's like, uh, actually, if people are nice to you, it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's also uh, so bizarre because, like, the, the thing that makes him change his mind is, um, is Leia reaching out from across the universe and, and, uh, you know, basically telling him, telling him in, in fewer words that she still loves him. Um, which is bizarre because I, th- I think that he knew that. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Like, I, I don't know what that would change about his mindset to make him, to make him doubt things at this moment in his life. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's a better way of doing this, I think. There's there's much better ways of doing this. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, to bring up Last Airbender again, like, look at Zuko. Like, Kylo Ren and Zuko are basically the same person already. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I think you should have just his arc in this movie should have should have been him realizing that like power is not actually that satisfying like that it'll never fill that hole inside of him you know mm-hmm. and maybe maybe love will um i think that would have been an interesting place to take this movie instead it's you know it's a it's a really clumsily done redemption arc because i think kylo ren can only get redeemed if you actually deal with like sort of the very human parts of his character um which I don't think J.J. Abrams is like properly equipped to do as a filmmaker. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I I generally have a higher opinion of J.J. Abrams than a lot of people, um, but I think that you know this movie is very clumsy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So Han comes back for a bit. That's fine. I didn't care. I thought that was kind of a nice moment. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I, I appreciated one of the one of the fan servicey things that we get in this that I actually kind of enjoyed is that um, there's a moment where where Ben is sort of like mouthing or like about to say I love you to Han, who is back not as a Force ghost, but I think just to, like in Kylo's imagination, um, and and you know Han says I know in response, uh, which I think is one of the 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 cuter moments of like hey. You like Star Wars. You, the audience, you know what it is about. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. Overall, this movie sort of makes me tired. Um, I actually, I don't know, because of sort of that expectation that I went in with, like, yeah, this movie's going to like undo a lot of the stuff that I loved about the previous two movies. Um, and I'm really just going to try to appreciate it for its own thing. Like, you know, let's be clear. This movie does a lot of stupid things. Like, Ray being a Palpatine, really stupid. I don't think I have to explain that. Um, <laughs> you know, I I think that because of that, I stopped really taking this movie seriously at about, like, the 30-minute mark. Um, and I was sort of not... I was able to not focus so much on, like, all the, all the like, plot inconsistencies or, like, the shoddy editing um, or, like, the... the, the the pretty crappy writing at play. Um, and I started to kind of enjoy this for like, basically like what it is. I think this is the most flash Gordon like star Wars movie. Um, I think it's, it's, it's really the most like cheesy kind of space opera thing. Um, and I think it fails to do a lot of like basic writing things. I agree. Um, but I think that this movie is not here to do that at all. I agree. With um, so much. 
Yeah. Our, yeah. From the moment Palpatine was in this movie, I was like, all right. And uh, it's stupid, <laughs> but it's it's sort of fun still. Like, there's cool lightsaber fights and, you know, yeah. moments. Like that time that the Emperor was back to life. Yeah. I think what you guys um, were, were able to do during the movie that I was I was kind of unable to do uh, was to, to kind of get on this movie's level uh, and just kind of take it as it is, uh, and which I was just I, I, I kept thinking uh, about how The Last Jedi is just such a stronger movie and, and so much more thematically and, and coherent and like willing to engage with its characters. Uh, which th- this movie is just like not really doing either, uh, which just yeah. frustrates me a lot. You know, and I think there's all sorts of stuff in this movie that's like, you know, it's it, it, it's not, you know, clearly it's trying a little bit to do that. Like, I think with with Ray, that's sort of like, you know, J.J. Abrams sort of version of like confronting like, you know, you can be something different than where you came from. It comes off a bit differently because I'm not sure he's aware that, like, you know, still making her come from a legacy family is, like, you know, that doesn't say the same thing as a message as, like, her coming from nowhere does. Mm-hmm. Um, which, personally, I find, like, to be the most compelling idea in pretty much all of Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, um, so so if this movie is getting at anything uh, with the idea that Rey is a Palpatine, uh, then, then it is ideally saying that, like, you are still the one who defines your own destiny. Um, it's just it's also saying basically the same thing as the original star Wars movie, uh, star Wars movies, uh, which yeah. is, you know, where Luke is, is, uh, Luke and Vader, uh, have this back and forth of, of defining themselves, uh, in the face of, of, of legacy or destiny. Um, but at the same time, I feel like as if it is a stronger message, um, to say, as the last Jedi did that a hero can come from anywhere and that like, you know, you don't have to define yourself even remotely in context of, of some great legacy, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, I agree. Cause like kind of the idea of great legacies existing is, is something to grapple with in the first place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, um, because this movie sort of does the opposite of what the last one does, especially at the end. Um, yeah because ray is sort of like well i'm a skywalker um, i mean that, that's jumping way ahead but yeah <laughs> if we want to get into that now are we gonna still do the are we gonna still do i think I we feel should. like the plot point by plot point stuff is is sort of a a kind of repetitive way of looking at this because we're just gonna get get into like the the semantics of all this stuff um, okay i think that you know i enjoyed this movie um I didn't like it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Ben. I think yeah. so. Um, Do you want to list off some dumb stuff that happened though anyways? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, um, so Palpatine's plan makes no sense. I don't even get it. Let's not even focus why on did, it. Why did he <laughs> alive if he had a secret plan? Yeah. <laughs> well, how does he build also, why, why is Snoke even part of the plan in, in the first place? Know. You know? Why did he build a, a secret fleet of, of Star Destroyers how i mean not why but how yeah how do they why yeah. are, are, are all the people like like in the stadium like worshiping him like necessary to to his plot <laughs> yeah all also the... are they real he made, um... <laughs> death stars. he made death stars again again yeah. death stars 
Yeah. That was what do you bad. think about the, the, the Star Destroyers that have a Death Star cannon in them? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Stupid. Um, here's something else this movie does that I find sort of interesting. Um, I think the editing... I, I might have mentioned this earlier. Um, I think the editing might be some of the worst editing I've seen in, like, an actual movie ever. Um, which I find really interesting. Um, because it's, like, probably probably one of the movies with the biggest budgets ever. Um, you know, this movie starts and there's, there's, there's no tension created ever because we're constantly at like the the fast cuts and like the your visual senses are like such on overdrive for the entire thing um you know this movie never slows down not once maybe not until we get to like zori bliss when she's introduced um not that that like really allows us time to process anything um but because the action scenes are like cut so fast and we move from one action scene to the next and character characters are like killed off and then brought back like so instantly it like doesn't allow for any time for the audience to like think about anything um and really let anything like actually be felt as an emotion um which is is such like a weird way of making a movie to me um yeah yeah that's sort of my that's my biggest issue with it honestly um is that i think it's it's like shockingly incompetent at some like really basic things that i think any like anyone who's hired on like most especially a a a big film production like this should be really aware of i mean it's also just incompetent on like a a a storytelling level like even beyond like the the technical editing aspects that there's just like i i found myself wondering a a lot of the time during this movie like what the theme was what it was trying to say and like the closest thing that i've i've come to there is like i've concluded that this movie is just kind of attempting to communicate that 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 star wars is great in that you as an audience member are cool for liking it because it seems like that is that is one of the primary things that they're attempting to communicate in this movie yeah. Remember the time How do you guys... that the Emperor was like, I'm all the Sith and you're all the Jedi. And now we fight. Yeah. That was stupid. <laughs> yeah, it was stupid. Um, I think it would have been a more powerful moment if, uh, you know, if Rey didn't come from Palpatine, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if, if Rey's story arc is, you know, as in the previous movies about self-definition and the conflict is over how she defines herself... Um, then like it's kind of weird to say for this movie no matter how you slice it it's it's saying that she defines herself in context of other people agree like you know she is important either because she is palpatine's granddaughter or because she's a skywalker or because uh you know she is the the part of the legacy of the jedi why can't ray be ray yeah i yeah. think it's you know just sort of a flawed there's so many like so much of the approach to making this movie just seems like inherently flawed. Um, like just at like, you know, Palpatine coming back is just one of the stupidest ideas I've ever heard. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean like most of the problems in this movie beyond, uh, just the, the, the shoddy filmmaking that we see is like, they ripple out from Palpatine being in the narrative. I agree. Um, 
I even think that if if Ray instead of saying Ray Skywalker at the end, she just says just Ray. I think that would be a much more powerful storytelling decision. I agree. Changing one line of dialogue. I can also see a you version know. of the movie where, like, you know, during the scene where 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 Palpatine is saying, like, "Oh, you, I am all the Sith. You are all the," uh, or like, I mean, that that doesn't quite happen. He he's saying, like, you know, uh, "Kill me, and and you will become uh, like the embodiment of all the Sith." Because uh, I guess that doesn't how they make work. sense. By the way, remember it's just astute. Um, how yeah. he used life sucking to life suck the energy and become more powerful. That was stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's also like not what he wants, right? His stated goal is for him to die at Ray's hand. It like, you know, <laughs> that aspect of the movie does not make sense. Especially like what's even the point of, of grooming Kylo Ren in the first place? If you're just, if you're just trying to get Ray. <laughs> Remember when Kylo was fighting those people and he didn't have his cloak on and looked like he was wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> funny. Yeah. I liked that actually. <laughs> I'm a, I'm um, a big fan of Kylo's fashion sense. <laughs> yeah. I remember when General Hawk said was this the spy. <laughs> oh, I like that part a lot actually. Oh, I think that's hilarious. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not really General sure Hawk's... if it tracks with his character in the previous movies. <laughs> No, I don't think it does either. But I I, I like the fact that they're willing to poke fun at General Hux in the first place. um, And that he is the spy. I think that's, you know, it's the closest thing this movie comes to, like, feeling kind of coherent with the other movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I think... Yannick? Um, I'm tapping out. I'm done talking but you guys so i'm just i'm just tapping out but you guys go if you want you see <laughs> yeah i don't know i also feel sort of done talking about this movie yeah. i think we could it's 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 sort of i don't really get how people were angry at the last jedi for years especially when i like that movie so much but i don't get how you can be angry at a movie so much like this movie doesn't piss me off it just makes me tired yeah we are you know we're recording this on tuesday we saw it on friday and i'm i'm done being angry about that. i was never angry i was just like mildly disappointed oh, yeah man, i wish you guys were angry you could have used your anger to kill me and, uh, <laughs> um that sucks that you yeah all right so i think i think in conclusion uh i'm i'm not too hot on this movie obviously i think it's easily the worst in this trilogy um which yeah. is a real disappointment because i i enjoy force awakens and i i really love uh last jedi so yep me too yeah but it's kind of fun yeah i agree i agree with that oh uh, i think it's uh, like one, you know one it's thing. a nice stupid movie <laughs> one <laughs> thing which I, I on that note uh i do want to conclude by saying that uh, uh ray using both luke and leia's lightsabers at the same time pretty cool pretty cool also i like that flashback yeah um by the way mark hamill really phoned it in this movie didn't he um anyway that's pretty much all i have to say you want to move on? Uh, I think we should. So, cool. uh, so. today, as we do every week, uh, you know, I'm, we're, we're talking about something that uh, I still haven't seen for some reason. Um, now, I want you guys to tell me a little bit about the, uh, the Star Wars holiday special, seeing as today is um, the day before Christmas. It's really tough. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. It's sort of like a um, live cam. 
Um, mm-hmm. like, yeah. It's just sort of like Wookiees doing things in the house. Um, was there a um, was there a fundraising aspect to this movie? I forget. <laughs> There's a weird like, like a Wookiee is watching porn and now you're watching it too. Moment. Holy yeah. shit! What? It's not actual porn. But it's like space porn, you know? It's not actual porn. But it's porn. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, but it's like clearly like context-wise supposed to be porn. Yeah. That's it's bizarre. Um, it's just it's like there's no plot. It's just sort of like a live cam like doing random stuff. Um, there are animated segments? Is that sorry? right? Are there are there animated segments? Is that correct? It's been a while. Um kind of just random and sort of shocking how weird it gets i think mm-hmm. that it's weirdest is that sort of porn moment um yeah and it's it's very boring is what it is it's not even exciting it's just like really 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 boring um yeah. i don't even remember if i actually watched this movie or if i just sort of like looked over your shoulder when you were watching it in <laughs> class one day i watched it in tv media class yeah i remember because mr moriarty had a copy i don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah man wow but, yeah it's 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 really bad and like it seems like is it is it not something you can find on youtube maybe i mean like i don't know why i assume that that would be something you could find there but um it might be probably are yeah um, it's 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 really bad and dumb it's it's probably worse than this movie that we were just talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah probably worse than the rise of skywalker is how i describe the star wars christmas special yeah <laughs> Okay. Uh, ben, thank you so much for, for being on the show with us today and yeah, talking, of course, man. talking about Star Wars as our, our resident Star Warsologist. Yeah. I mean, it's it's great that you guys, you know, flew me out to downtown Ohio um, in your studio. <laughs> right. At the, at the historic Jack Kirby <laughs> Memorial out of our heads theater. <laughs> yeah. Um, downtown Ohio. Downtown Ohio. That's right. Yeah. Downtown Ohio. Ohio, Texas. Ohio, Texas. <laughs> so, Nick, I believe uh, to close out the show, you've got a wise quote for us. I do. This is from uh, from the movie Do the Right Thing. Um, oh, great. I saw and liked a lot, um, and I considered talking about it, but didn't. Um, and the quote is, always do the right thing. Okay. <laughs> nice. Thank you for listening to Out of Our Heads, a pop culture podcast from the minds of Joe Bortner and Nick Protopapis. You can contact us at outofourheadspod at gmail.com. My Twitter handle is at Joe B underscore draws. You can read my webcomic Aeronaut at JoeBDraws.com. As always, Nick has nothing remote. We'll be back next week. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. It would really help with the show. Bye. one massive temple well no i think exegol is a is it's a moon of endor right? oh shit did i um what yeah this did i fuck up the proper nouns when i thought he goes well, to i don't know endor. what do you try... doesn't he go to find sidious what, what are we on about no what well, we... he does huh Isn't he does on the secret sith planet? no Ex- exegol exegol is the um exegol is the, the palpatine's planet why would that be a moon of endor
because that's talking about the Death Star is. that shows no? up later. Oh, oh, that's a different place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Never mind then. Yeah, Death Star's going to go to space, man. 